Welcome to What to Do When, a podcast from Real Lawyers with Real Perspective, where we explore a variety of legal issues and scenarios. Each week, we focus on a new topic and discuss what to do when and if any of these legal scenarios ever happen to you or a loved one. With over 40 years of combined legal experience, our hosts offer their unique perspectives and insights on a range of real-life legal situations. Hi there. Welcome back to another podcast here at Kreiser Cardani in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Jackie. I'm Scott. Jackie, what do we have on the docket for today? What to do when you are in a high-conflict case, custody, divorce, otherwise. High-conflict. That's what the topic. What does that today. mean, high-conflict? I thought all divorce and custody cases were high-conflict. Well, they all have conflict. The question <laughs> is how much conflict. You know, we, we, of course, participate in mediations. We participate in drafting and negotiating settlement agreements, whether it's for custody and visitation support or it's for bigger things in the divorce scheme. But when you can reach agreements, of course, that's typically minute, lower conflict. Minute, minute. Oh. You mean there's actually people out there who separate and work it out and don't fight? In fact, there are. Okay. I just want to make sure. There are. There and are. it's and when you can make decisions, when I tell this to every client who comes in my door, when you can make decisions with your former partner for the betterment of your family, when you guys can make decisions because you know your family, your judge is going to know this much about your entire story, and you, that's just not enough. And they they can only do so much with the, with the time they're allotted. You don't get two weeks to put on a trial. You don't get, most of the time, you don't even get a full day. If you're asking for a full day, it, there are some real deep problems in your case. So the point remains that in the high conflict, what to do when you're in high conflict? How do you minimize the conflict instead of increasing the conflict? Yeah, I think, and I think sometimes, you know, if you do the research and you know that a lot of marriages fail for financial issues. Right. So in a high conflict divorce, a lot of times it's about the money. We can get the kids next, but a lot of times it's about the money. The way to minimize conflict in a money case is to be upfront about the money. Right. It's when people hide it or they try to say, well, I'm only making 80000 when I'm making 600000 Or, you know, those kind of things are what create conflict. When you're married, I don't want to do too much, but if, the way we look at it and the way the court looks at it is everything created during the marriage, during the marriage, from the time that you're married until the time of separation, and it gets wonky there, but yep. we're just basically saying that. Whatever was created, incomes coming into there, uh, wealth management, all that stuff is marital. And basically, the court always starts with that's a 50-50 split. That's a starting point. And if there's some fault grounds or some other things we could talk about later, it kind of can shift that pot. But we have found, quite, quite frankly, that it doesn't shift a lot regardless of the fault on one side or the other. So, but again... That pot is what we're trying to figure out at the beginning. And when people are in high conflict, usually they're being, somebody's being disingenuous about that pot, not giving it all the information, hiding sure. stuff, taking money out of a safe, which happens all the time. Like, that happens a lot. Oh, my gosh. Like, especially silver and gold. One person sneaks in the house and takes all the gold out of the safe. Oh, there's nothing. I got, I got rid of that years ago. Well, you've got money and children, right? Yeah. So you can have lots of conflict without divorce. Maybe the parties were never married. Maybe they were married and we're going back to court about changing custody because the conflict still hasn't stopped. Yep. Um, one thing that's important for you to do if you are engaged in a high conflict divorce or custody case, high conflict case, is to first 
stop. If you're causing it, stop. You're only driving attorney's fees. Higher, the higher the conflict, the higher the attorney's fees yeah. absolutely every time. Yep. But if you can keep your communication with the other parent or the other spouse short and simple think think of it this way brief informative firm but friendly you've got to remind yourself that every text message every email sometimes phone calls that are recorded are really exhibits just for the court and if you are making it really easy for the other side to show you being a jerk because your communication is long and abusive or aggressive or name calling you're just you're shooting yourself in the foot so so what's that if is it brief informative firm and friendly firm and friendly i like that so short keep it short we don't need a keep paragraph keep it simple stupid can i pick up the kids an hour early today well, you picked them up early last week, and I have these things going on, and they have this going on. And you don't no. remember anything about this, and you always forget that I have this going. Blah, blah, oh blah, my blah, blah, blah. Yes. Can I pick the kids up an hour early today? Yes, you can. Or no, you can't. See you at your normal time. That's it. That's, that is how you keep it brief, informative, friendly, and firm. How about this one? Jackie, the kid's orthodontist bill came in. Can I get 50 extra dollars? I give you so much money all the time. <laughs> I don't need to be paying you extra money just for braces that I didn't think are. So what's the proper answer, Jack? So the right answer, I don't have $50 today. I'll be glad to get it to you on my next payday. Or yes, can I schedule a time to give that to you? Or, or no. Or no. But thank you. I don't, you know, you don't always have to say no. I can't afford it. No. You may have a myriad of reasons why you don't want to give that money. And no thank you is okay. Not at this time. Yeah. You don't have to say why the other person's going to ask. And you can say, at that point, you can always keep saying, no thank you, I appreciate it. You know, you don't have to get into the conflict with them. You know, it's amazing when you study conflict, and um, conflict breeds conflict breeds conflict. So the more you keep engaging it, the better it gets, the more thing. And I'm right. telling you right now, Jackie would never like me to say this, but it's true. There are actually, we run into it all the time, people out there in our profession who love conflict because the more conflict they create, the more money they create. And so something simple, they're giving their client advice to be dumb about it. Oh, yeah, hide that asset. You know, and then $50,000 later, they had to produce it anyways. Right. And, you know, the only person who got rich was not them. So be careful. Use common sense. And sometimes you're so emotionally hurt that you can't get out of your own way that's when you need to get some counseling yourself to learn how to resolve the issue and i always tell people this if you're so hurt by the situation that you can't make those simple things do this i'm gonna let me get back to you jackie that son of a baby i mean to call me no thank you right get somebody else to vent don't vent to them probably not your lawyer because that's an expensive yeah, thing exactly we, we, we charge by the minute. Reality. We have our time to sell. But the point is, try to use a different strategy. If you are so worked up that you cannot have that conversation, vent to somebody else first and then, or have that other person help you write the email and get your words out of it. You know, don't use your boyfriend for God's sakes. Oh, or anyway. the children. Or Please the children. Please don't use the children. So it's important <laughs> here to understand this. 
The greater your conflict, the more stress there is on your children, even if they never hear a word between you and their parent. They can sense your conflict, whether they're itty-bitty or they're teenagers. They can sense your conflict. You are broadcasting, the whether it's conflict at work, conflict in your family, with maybe with your mom or your dad, conflict with your child's parent. It broadcasts. It's very difficult to hide it. And you're probably not doing yourself any favors by trying to to, to um, hide it anyway. But the point remains, the greater the conflict, the greater the impact on the children and the rest of your family. So do your part and minimize that conflict when you can. It, it makes a difference to the court. I mean, I, I know there are judges who watch and thank you and we'll have you on guest, as a guest, I promise, soon. Um, but who watch and who know when an attorney has sort of incited some conflict or when there's been communication and, and just sometimes by the opening argument that an attorney can make, they, the judges know, and so do we, that the, the conflict is high and maybe didn't have to be. So be, this goes back to our other podcast about how to choose a good attorney. You don't always need the high conflict. Sometimes you need someone who's aggressive because you need to protect your rights and you need to, you know, you're the unearning spouse or whatever the case may be. But they're that aggressiveness doesn't play well when you're dealing with with kids and parenting. And the more conflict you have, I would say it's more difficult to co-parent. You almost can't co- co-parent with a high level of conflict. Absolutely. And, and even on yourself, think of it this way. You're fighting over maybe $100,000, which to me personally is a heck of a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But if you pay the attorney $30,000... And you lost two years of your life mm-hmm. and you're miserable and you get that check for 40 grand that you fought so hard for, you may be going like, was it worth it? Was it worth it? I had 20, 200 days of non-sleeping over this. I, I lost my job. You know, and we see it all the time. We see this stuff destroy people. And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't stand up for what's right. Let me ask you this, Scott. You're guardian ad litem. Mm-hmm. What one happens? Of the best, by the way, what's that? One of the best. One of the best. <laughs> of course, one of the best. What happens to young people who are in families with high conflict? Are they in the court a lot or not in the court a lot? Mm, that's really tough. They're in the court a lot, uh, and why? Not because they're subject of a custody case, but because they're in trouble. Because of their unresolved anger and conflict in their own life that they act out in drugs, alcohol, violence, you name Vandalism, it. Vandalism, trespassing. trespass, anything to get that. It's interesting, and I'll explain it this way, and probably isn't a good analogy, but we have a dog who's a little quirky. She has some anxiety issues. It's so funny. When she gets anxious, she grabs a toy and just starts. And we always know, like, she's having an issue. Mm-hmm. and But she always has to grab that toy and just, like, bite down on it. And that's how kids are. When they don't have the tools to let that out, they're looking for an outlet. And it usually comes in very easily in negative ways. Right. They're in the bathroom stall at the school and there's something there that they can break or punch or, or hit, with a, hit with a bag or light on fire. And then all of a sudden, they didn't think... I'm burning down the school. Right. They're just frustrated and they go click, you know, and, you know, it happens just so easily. Or they see the bad group at school and they go, I'm going to hang out with their kids. They're angry like me. Maybe I'll, you know, chime with them, so to speak. So we just really want you to know this isn't easy. 
it's not easy for us as attorneys. It's it's a hard road when we get in these situations. It always is hard. And um, you need to pick a lawyer who understands it, who can balance assertiveness, aggressiveness when necessary, but also the whole time trying to reduce the conflict where it can be reduced. Sometimes it can't be. I mean, that's very rare, but sometimes it just can't be. But your attorney can help you minimize the conflict that you're causing. that you, And what you're living in. You Absolutely. In, a- sorry, in summary, do your part to minimize the conflict, not just for yourself and really not necessarily for your other parent or the partner or the ex-spouse, but for the children and for the longer repercussions that you're going to end up having. So keep your communication brief, informative, firm, but friendly. And what else, Scott? And remember the cost-benefit of analysis of what you're doing. Just think through that. What is this going to cost me to get where I want to be and is it worth it? And the cost is not just financial. It's a big cost, but also the emotional toll is a big cost. And you have to weigh that. And we like to try to help our clients weigh that cost so they understand what they're getting into and what it's going to be. Thanks for listening. Look forward to seeing you again. Be sure and like Like and and subscribe. subscribe. And if you have any questions, email at info at cclawva.com. Have a good day. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of What to Do When. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and we encourage you to check our archives to listen to previous topics. Tune in next week for a new episode and some fresh perspective from Kreiser Cardani.